0: You're listening to a podcast from Reality Honolulu. For more information or ways to get involved in the life of the church, visit realityhonolulu.com. Thanks for listening. Well, aloha and welcome everyone. Uh, I wish I was in person with you, but thank you guys so much for joining us here on Facebook Live. Uh, Hope it's working out for you. You probably saw us just getting ready. Um, but even though we are in different places this morning, I hope and my prayer is that we can feel unified and as a people gathered around Christ. And uh, the plan for the time this morning, because it's going to be obviously really different than what we're used to is first I want to give you some updates and announcements just how all this is affecting our church and kind of what you can expect and then also uh, we're, you know, we're going to get into the word we're going to continue to allow God's word and his spirit to shape us and meet us and also we're going to take communion together as a church wherever you're at. And so right now in your home or wherever you're gathering, if you are able to gather the elements, uh, please do so. Uh, if that's bread or cracker or either grape juice or wine. Um, and then uh, we're going to end our time by leading uh, you guys in some ways that we can pray. There's so much going on. And as the church, we have to remember that the church was was started in prayer and is sustained by prayer. and so let me pray for our time this morning. God, thank you. Thank you that despite us being physically distant, thank you that you are always with us. Thank you, Lord, for the ability uh, to do this via technology. We just thank you that we are able to still be the church and we ask God in in this kind of strange, different, fearful even season, that we would remember that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so would you, would you go before us, be in our midst, and go behind us as uh, we are in our homes with our family, friends, and neighbors, or with our Ohana groups right now. Uh, we pray that you would just continue to, to technically let this work, Lord, and that you would get all the glory. And we are just remindful of so many people in the world right now that are meeting, um, not in the traditional sense. We just pray that you would bring such unity to the body of Christ today. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, if you uh, did not see the video of me yesterday and some Facebook and Instagram posts or even an email, um, I want to reiterate why we're doing this, like why I'm not with you at Oliolani right now. And... uh, First off, we are not like, choosing to not gather because of fear or panic, but rather out of love for others. Specifically, um, we're not gathering because we love our kapuna, um, and those that are immune suppressed or compromised, the most vulnerable of society, and we're gladly, uh, not meeting to protect them and to f- find creative ways, really, to still be the church so that we can help prevent the spread of the coronavirus to them. So, we're happy to do that. We also want to be a church that honors and upholds the wishes and advice of our governing authorities. On Friday, as many of you heard, the, De- the Hawaii Department of Health suggested and encouraged that all gatherings over a hundred people be postponed or canceled. And so um, it's a hard decision to make, but at the same time we prayerfully decided to come alongside that effort, honor their wisdom, and join with so many other people that uh, at this time are, um, for the sake of health, um, protecting themselves by not gathering in large gatherings. But Uh, you know, we're not sure how long this will last or what that will mean for us as a church, but we trust that Jesus is in control. Um, It's his church. Can't forget that. We are his people, and he is capable and able to meet us where we're at, even if it's really different than we're used to uh, in a normal church sense. That said, even this week, we had a few planned events, um, one was the Oliolani uh, work day at our school this Wednesday. And you guys know that is like our primary um, way in which we can serve our community. I'm not sure exactly if that will happen still, but because it's only a few of us outside doing some project, it may, we will let you know about that. But also on Friday was it was our planned prayer and worship night this coming Friday at 7 p.m. and we kind of just have to play that one by ear to see if it's wise to do or not and kind of how the week goes with everything going on here in Hawaii but we will definitely communicate via social media uh, Instagram and Facebook are probably your best places but as well as email blast you as well and uh, if you are not subscribed to our newsletter please go ahead and do that in the links of both uh, Facebook and the profile and Instagram you can subscribe to that newsletter so that we can send out special blasts of kind of what's happening and what's not not happening and the changes um, that said I want to address and acknowledge that this can be a really scary time and even looking at the news which were so, it's so readily available to us um, even to going into the store right now right and buying supplies it can really well up fear and unrest and anxiety um, even yesterday going into target and just the sense and going into rows with carts and there's nothing on the shelves. That can really, you know, trigger a lot of anxiety and panic. And um, also I want to acknowledge on top of that, of the physical, the the possible physical health uh, concerns that many of us who work in the tourism industry and other sectors are coming against some extremely difficult financial situations. Even you guys listening right now on Facebook Live, talking to you yesterday, Um, It's not not even necessarily um, the physical health concerns, but all the effects of what it does to businesses and spending and traveling, especially here in Hawaii. And um, for those of us that have kids, and both of us work, right, the possibility of schools shutting down um, puts a huge potential strain on so many of us as well. Um, And so I want you to know, that we are here for you as a church. So please like reach out, um, whether that's email us at aloha at realityhnl.com. Like, be the church. Text people. Ask your Ohana group leaders. Um, hit us up on social media. But we, I want to encourage you guys, Like now's the time to be the church. Be the people of God, caring for those around us, uh, specifically for those inside our reality Ohana but also to your neighbors, to those specifically that you know of that are uh, your kapuna, aunties and uncles, that may just need help doing things, uh, going shopping for them, checking on them. Uh, please be the church in this time, but just know that we are praying for you all and are interceding to Christ on your behalf. And In the midst of all of that, I want to remind us of... What Psalm 46 says, right? The psalmist here is singing of the goodness of God to us, and it begins by saying in verse 1 God is our refuge and our strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. That is what we need to believe and walk in this morning. The psalmist goes on to say in verse four, uh, 7 and 11 of Psalm 46. It repeats and it says, The Lord of Heaven's armies is here among us. Church, we can walk in and be comforted that the truth is for us as well in the midst of this strange, trying, and tense time. God is with us. But church, specifically Reality Honolulu, I'm talking to you because most of you are the ones that are listening to this right now. I believe that it is no coincidence that we're studying the book of Acts. And just last week... We started a five-week series of what we're calling the blueprints of the church. And we're looking at Acts chapter 2 verses 42 through 47 at the description of the early church and and using the way in which they met and the practices that made up those gatherings as a model for us to follow and apply in our very own context. Again, this is extremely applicable, especially when, even today, we are not gathered in the traditional sense. Um, please join me if you have a Bible. Let's open up to Acts 2, 42 through 47. I would love to read this along with you. <clears throat> Acts 2, 42 through forty says at seven. It says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, into fellowship, into the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. What we see here are the core practices and rhythms of the early church: how they met, how they, what they did when they met. And what we want to do, what we did last week, and what we really want to do right now is we want to use it as a blueprint of sorts to glean from and to follow. And we want to use it as a guide to go, sorry, my mic, uh, to inform the way we do things. Again, this description isn't entirely inclusive, meaning there is more to the church than these things, right? There's missions, there's social justice, um, but these are the core. And if we were gonna say what defines the early church or even what should define our church or any church right now, it's this. It's a community that learns, a community that that gathers, a community that shares, it's a community that remembers, and it's a community that worships, right? Learn, gather, share, remember, and worship. And as believers and as followers of Christ, a core discipline, rhythm, and practice is that we meet, that we gather. This is one of the things that sets us apart as followers of Jesus. Jesus. And I believe that God wants to use what we're doing as a witness to those around us, the way in which we deal with these things. Like, what is what are what is the church doing in the midst of this? What is what are Christians doing? And it's really important, and at really a at core of what we believe that we still. In, a, in even creative ways still need to gather as God's bride as his church as the bride of Christ and this is why it's a really big deal to cancel church like it's, it's a big deal it's not just a, a flippant decision uh, we don't or nor should we, anyone think it's a small insignificant thing because the core of what we believe the church to be is the church is a community that gathers around the person of Jesus and even our culture and in our age, um, without the coronavirus, we become so very individualistic. Right? Technology and other factors have us fighting to gather or have relationships in any sphere of industry, not, not just the church. But even for us as Christians, it can be really hard to truly value the importance of the gathered church. Uh, And even we struggle not to gather as much or in the ways God intends us to gather. And the truth is, is that our life in Christ isn't supposed to be lived out solo. Uh, we, We can't do church on our own or by ourselves. And if we did that, if we chose to do it that way, we would find ourselves severely deficient in many areas. In the same way that if you ate a certain type of food that had certain vitamins, but you failed to eat the rest of a well-balanced diet, you would become deficient. You might be able to get along for a little bit, but there would be lasting long-term effects to you. The same is true of the church. And what's interesting is that this has seemed to always be a struggle, right? Even 2,000 years ago, it wasn't any different. And in one instance, the author of the book of Hebrews actually addresses this. Um, he's addressing the church, and the church hasn't been around for very long, but they're having strugg- a struggle either finding the value of meeting or just thinking maybe it's too hard, or, um, and they're not meeting. And what happens is, is the author of Hebrews addresses this. Hebrews 10, 23 through 25. Uh, he exhorts the church. He says, "Let us hold tightly, without wavering, to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep His promise." Verse twenty-four. Let us think of ways, like let's be creative, to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. In verse twenty-five, and let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people are doing. But encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. I'm telling you, those words are, are so potent for us today. Like, look at that. Even that we would hold tightly to the hope that we believe in, trusting God that what he said of his promises will come true. We have to hold that. And the way in which that is played out is that we Find ways, it says here in the New Living Translation, we think of ways to motivate one another to remember this. And we do that by gathering. Again, it will be dangerous if all together we stopped gathering, even if in small settings, in our homes, at your computer right now. Um, and so I want to use the early church as an example of how they did this, what they did. Right? So before they did anything, before they prayed, before they worshipped, before they took communion, before they met people's needs, what did they do? They, they made intentional time and space to gather and be with one another. Like, it was an intentionality. And it says they did it every day. And it says they either met in the temple courts or in houses. I mean, they were committed to gathering. There is no question about that. The temple courts, this would have been like the large outdoor portico area uh, on the Temple Mount. Even today, when you go to Jerusalem, you can see the Temple Mount and you can see how large it is. This is the largest open space then and now in Jerusalem. And it's thought to have probably held, gathered when the Temple was there, about 800 to 1,000 people or so at a time. That's part of how they gathered as a church. Because if you remember, They were a large church overnight. Peter, anointed by the Holy Spirit, preached the sermon that we talked about just over the last few weeks. And from Pentecost in the upper room, 120 turned into at least 3,120. They had a very large church. And so what was important to them was to gather in a large setting. At least part of what they did was to do that. But then it says they met in homes. Actually, they went house to house. And that's exactly what it sounds like. Someone opened up their home. A lot of people had to open up their homes um, to, to manage this, this crowd of people, the, the size of their church. But someone had to open up their home so that there could be intimacy and depth and communion and connection with God and his people. Um, can you just imagine? Our church isn't that big, but even our church, a couple hundred people, their church is thousands of people there may have been really hard to connect or have any depth on uh, a large gathering in the temple courts. Um, but so they went house to house. And just like we are doing here this morning, right? where you're meeting in your homes with your family, you're gathered in the living rooms or in an office space uh, listening to this right now, there's really no, no science to it. It's It was simple. It was simple then. It doesn't have to be complicated now. They just needed space and people use what, they were entrusted with to provide it. Even right now, we're using uh, our phones or our computers or our living rooms, or we've opened up our homes to our family, friends, and our haunted groups. And that's exactly how the church started. Um, But there is purpose to both, right? It wasn't like a one or another type of thing. There was very different purposes to the large gathering and the small gathering. And together with both of those in the life of the church— the Lord was able to meet with and use the body of believers in a full and fruitful way. There wasn't deficiencies because they were meeting in the, those different ways. and There was different purposes for the large gathering and the small gatherings. And for us today, it is so healthy to do this and to do both. But so often we elevate Sundays, and I believe, to a... Too high of an extent. Um, Speaking from the leadership or a pastor or even the back end of a church, we tend to put so much of our resources and our money and all our efforts into that one day and that one time. And if we're not careful, it can become a show or a production that one day a week for two hours we're pouring all our effort into and for those of us that attend church have attended church attend reality we can fall into the trap and think that this is our fill-up time for the week like this is it we got to get it now and it has to sustain us all week and again, I'm not saying that Sundays aren't wonderful and I really do, I, I wish I was with you right now. I believe that God is moving and they're super fruitful uh, and, and they're wonderful because they are. But I, I want to reiterate Sunday gatherings have a distinct purpose. Like, don't get me wrong. And the purpose is when we're all gathered which I wish we were today when the church is gathered, the purpose is so that we can like be of one mind and one accord. like Together, at one time. Uh, we can address things, we can like come under God's word and His spirit, and we as a church can receive teaching and we can celebrate in corporate worship like as a complete body. There, there is reason to celebrate when Sundays come. Don't get me wrong. Um, but that but also, that is why in some ways, it is really good that we're not meeting as a church right now because. It helps us to reassess why we meet, what the purpose is at the core of what we do. And for those of you that have grown up in the church or been a Christian for a long time, I know you can relate to this, because it is so easy to fall into the church rhythm, the machine of the church. This is what I do. This is where I sit. Um, This is my, my routine. And I'm not saying that's bad, but I'm saying that without knowing it, We may not be getting the fullness of what God has because we've just been comfortable and in our mind we have a certain idea of what Sunday's is and what it should do. But God is shaking that up. And the the events of what's happening in the world is shaking that up. But what I want to reiterate is that at the core of who God is and what he desires for us is that he desires relationship and depth with us, us and one another, right? And and I believe the smaller gatherings, right, for the, the house-to-house gatherings in Acts, or for us even in this season now, that it's so essential in the life of the believer and as a church as a whole that we very much participate in smaller group gatherings. Because again, God desires connection with us and one another. Guys, that's the core of the gospel, um, I've said this before, and, I, and I'll say it again. If I was to ask you, why did Jesus die on the cross? Why did he do that? Many of us would say, well, to forgive our sin. And i would say, yes, that's true, but why did our sins need to be forgiven? Like, what was the problem was that? What was, what did, what was messed up? A relationship was the thing that was messed up. And so Jesus, forgiving our sins, dying for us to forgive our sins was a means to an end, and that end was restoration in relationship. God's desire from the beginning of time is to get us back in close relationship with him. And guys, that's what he wants for us as a church, to grow in depth in relationship with him and with one another. And to be honest, God's not satisfied with the surfacey answer that so many of us give to each other on Sundays. It's a time thing, I get it, we're just being nice, how are you? Many of us just say, good. But we know that we aren't, or there's so much to that. We are complex beings, and um, God wants to know the depth of who we are. And again, what happens on Sunday mornings, why it's not, it's great, but it's incomplete, is what it comes down to, is there's a time and there's logistical constraints at our large gatherings. And Sundays... As you can guess where I'm going, aren't supposed to be the silver bullet to meet all our needs. They're not. Um, and they're great and they're wonderful, but we need to be careful uh, not to think this way or expect it to be the purpose. But again, it's meant to be part of the overall picture of our church. And our growth as disciples. And so I know for some of you guys, this is really hard. This is really um, a big deal that we're not meeting. Me too. But I want us just to put in the place, like, it's going to be okay. And there's actually purpose to it. And actually, if we think of the reason of how we're supposed to meet, I think it'll bring us great comfort. Because we have to remember, from the inception of the church, home gatherings have been the intentional space to do what? To share meals, to take communion, to share needs, to pray for one another. And the goal in this was always to do life together, gathered around Jesus. And so I hope you can see from the beginning, like when we talk about church, in Acts, from the beginning, followers of Jesus have been creative in the way they've gathered Even in the early church, they they held on to the main thing, Jesus and the practices that kept them connected to him. And they adapted to their environment. They adapted to the resources they have and the situation to meet and to foster this. Not only in the early church, but throughout history, the church has been tested and challenged in the way in which they've met. But like in seasons, not only right now, but the world has been in crazy places. And it's interrupted the normal way of doing things, specifically the way that Christians gather. Right, we know this from histories. Think about it, during, during, during wartime, in persecuted countries, even to this day, when natural disasters hit, even when there has been sickness and mass disease. If you were to do a study of church history, we would be amazed at the way the Lord meets his people in the midst of incredibly unknown, dark, and unstable times. It is without fail that he moves in the most incredible, powerful ways. And I believe we would actually see, if we, if we looked at all of history and the saints uh, that went before us, the church that went before us, that we would see the church grew in depth and in breadth in ways that a normal, stable, 10 a.m. Sunday life would have never did for them. The church has always done best when they get pushed out of their normal rhythm and have to become absolutely dependent upon their God. When the church is up against the ropes, so to speak, that is where the church thrives. That is not where the church dies. That is actually where the church thrives. So even if we're changing things up and not meeting in the same way, I want us to be encouraged by the way that God has been faithful in his church by how he has moved in the midst that when things are not okay and not normal, uh, when there's far worse things that have happened. And so here's what I want to do and I want to encourage us for today. History would tell us That God wants to make something beautiful out of this. He can and he will. And as the weeks go on, I'm not sure how long you'll see me through that lens or what will come of this. But church, we need to be creative and intentional to still gather ourselves around Jesus. So, that may just be you. That may just be on your phone with only a few others gathered in your living rooms. It may just be this live feed. Uh, we will plan to do this, something like this, at 10 a.m. every Sunday morning until uh, that changes. But again, I just want to encourage you as you do these things, you do need to be safe and take precautions and obviously follow good hygiene practices. But nonetheless, the author of Hebrews would tell us we cannot neglect gathering around Jesus and still participate in the practices that keep us connected to him. Those are studying the word of God. That's worship. That's prayer. That's sharing and meeting needs and communion. And we will be studying these more in depth and how they relate to our current climate. I mean, that's, that's where we're in. That's where we're in the book of Acts. We're going to be talking all about communion and remembering the Lord and sharing and, and worshiping and praying together. But today, what I want to do is I, I, I want to kind of end our time practicing why we fight together. We're going to take communion together. So if you are in your homes right now, uh, please grab A uh, piece of bread or a cracker and a little bit of juice or wine to join us. um, I will do that here with you. And uh, I want to allow you a second to do that. And um, so go ahead and pass that out in your room or or run to the kitchen real quick if you didn't hear that we might be doing that. And if you don't have the elements in your home, I would encourage you to to walk through the same thing later. And um, but we probably will do some, doing something like this each week. But I want to remind us before we partake in this, what communion is. Communion is a practice for the followers of Jesus to remember the sacrifice of His death upon the cross. And as we partake in communion, or the Lord's Supper, We're reminded of our own salvation, which is given to us in Christ. And how it was instituted was it was instituted on the night when Jesus and his disciples met together to eat the Passover meal. It was a small group setting, much like many of us are in right now. And we see in the accounts of Matthew 26 and Mark 14 and Luke 22 of this the institution, Jesus doing it. It's not even a church tradition. This is Jesus leading us in communion for the first time. And uh, actually, if you do have a Bible and you're able to, turn with me to Mark 14, 22 through 24. If you don't have a Bible, you can just jot that down. Mark 14, 22 through 24 and I want to share with you um, what Jesus says here to his disciples the very first time that um, communion is instituted. It says this, As they were eating, Jesus took some bread and blessed it. And he broke it into pieces, and he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take it, for this is my body. And he took a cup of wine, and he gave thanks to God for it. And he gave it to them, and they all drank from it. And he said to them, This is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people, and is poured out as a sacrifice for many. And So for those of you that have the elements, uh, I'd love for you to partake of the bread and the cup and take a moment to pause and reflect upon the cross and the sacrifice Jesus paid on our behalf. would go on to say as often as you do this practice do it in remembrance of me and so church you know that even on Sunday mornings as we gather um, we, we have it available and so I want to encourage you to go out of your way to get these elements so that each week you can join with us whether we're gathering here or on Facebook live, um, to take communion together, take with your family, take with your kids, with your wife, with your Ohana groups. Go to these texts and lead them through it. Um, I think that would be so valuable. But we're going to going to uh, conclude our time now together by giving you some direction for you right now, where you're listening, um, whether that's you're alone or with your family friends or your Ohana group gathered. Specifically, I'd like you to spend some time praying with those uh, that you're with for a few things. Again, if there's anything that we can do right now, church, is is pray. Um, If you're taking notes, you can write these down. Um, We'll go ahead and post these uh, later on as well. But uh, I would love to ask you, church, to pray in these three ways. Number one, Pray for us as a church, right? That we would keep Jesus the focus and we would gather around him. Like we would not neglect doing that despite kind of um, how tense it is, how crazy it gets, that we would be creative in the homes you have with the resources you have to the ability that you can safely gather. Gather. And let's not, again, not gather just to gather, but, but gather around the feet of Jesus and remember why we're doing it and open up the Word of God together and pray together and worship together. And so I want to encourage you, like, be the body of Christ. Um, be the church where you're at. Number two is I want to ask us to pray for us to be a witness to those around us. It is a very unique opportunity that the church has that that we're pretty much scattered about the whole island of Oahu. And guys, it is time to serve our community and our neighbors and specifically serve our kapuna, right? Like, please check on them, see if there's anything they need. But guys, let's take these things to prayer and ask God to use us as a witness. In the book of Acts, it wasn't just that they were gathering together and that was good for them, right? These were pious, devout Jews. And what they were doing as they gathered, they were doing things that were very different culturally than what they were expected to do. And as a church, as Christians, as we gather, we are to do things that are just weird and strange and different and, and they're supposed to be used, though, as a witness to show God's love and grace and peace to those around us. And so it's a huge way that we can pray for us as a church is that we would be filled with the fruit of the Spirit and that we, in the midst of um, wanting to become panicked and fear and worried, that we would be sources of love and peace to those around us, that we would be able to exude the love and peace and joy of Christ, even if around us, everything seems to uh, be falling apart, that we would hold on to Christ and that we would act in a way to our neighbors and to those people that were waiting in line to buy something. You know what I'm talking about, that we would be Jesus to them. And lastly, I would love for you to join with us to pray for the safety and health of everyone here in Hawaii and we pray for wisdom and discernment for our officials um that they would have wisdom to to know what to do to keep us safe and and to decide when to shut things down or not um but guys let's pray that god preserves life and pray that this virus comes to an end and that through all of this god would get all the glory church i'm going to pray for our time and then um Blessings on the rest of your time gathering. Please commit yourself to praying with one another uh, as we end this. And once again, check all our uh, streams of social media for more. Let's pray. God, thank you that you have not left us. And you don't leave us in the dark when something like this happens. God, you are our refuge and our strength. And you don't change. There's no shadow in your turn. And you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. You are not swayed by circumstances. You're not swayed by news or media. You are not swayed uh, by even something like this. Lord, we ask for your Spirit, Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that fell upon the church in the book of Acts, Pentecost, would, would fill us afresh, that we, listening now, would not operate out of our flesh or out of fear or be driven by what everyone says to us, but that we would, if anything, become more desperate. We would dig in. We would rely upon our God and his word and his spirit to direct us. But God, we do as a church, we want to have wisdom and discernment. We want to be a blessing to those around us. So even today, as we didn't gather to try to uh, mitigate and help um protect those around us that are the most vulnerable we pray that we would have that same mindset that we would be asking and thinking and even right now we would be really willing with our resources we have to share those resources as we're going to look at next week the church gathered they shared needs and people sold everything to try to meet those needs i pray that there would be that not only reality honolulu but the churches across Hawaii and our nation and the world, like the book of Acts would be seen. Like we would meet needs. That people would not be without. And so would you would you help do that, Lord? And, and God, we are so mindful uh, that things could change and um, get better or get worse, but we just pray that we would be founded upon the rock that is higher than I. We love you, Lord. pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.